I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain. You know, you read what others had done, and you and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it? Well. I, I don't think you're giving this our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. Hello, welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is your host, Abraham Chen. I am joined, uh, as always, with my co-host, David Rethemeyer. How's it going, David? Going very well, Abe. I very much appreciated that clip we just played. Yes, and unfortunately, we do not have Jeff Goldblum on the show today. Uh, <laughs> just a, a clip, but uh, you've seen Jurassic Park, right? Uh, it's been a while, but yes. Yes, yeah, so there is that pivotal scene in Jurassic Park where they talk about the the could versus the should, and that is really... what we're talking about today Uh, in our world where there's many things that we can do uh, and dare I say the world pressures us to do the really the question the question really is should we be doing it so David tell us a bit more about our conversation today yeah, so this is going to be part two of our series for Unbound Talks this season, talking about our Ask, Understand, Do, Live model. And so this episode is a deep dive in the very first part of that, which is Ask, talking about uh, Unbound's questions-based paradigm. That's something that we talk about a lot around here, and this episode is a really great in-depth dive into what that entails and what that means for everyday life. Well, let's go listen if we should make any dinosaurs. Let's go. Well, welcome back to our series on our Ask, Understand, Do, Live model. This is part two where we're going to be diving into the ask portion, the first part of the model. And so to kick things off, Jonathan, I'd love to hear a little bit from you on just sort of a high level overview of how we came to uh, the conclusion that ask is a really important part of this. So what's what's behind it? Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, full disclosure, this we get pretty passionate. I get pretty passionate about this aspect of things, so I'm always delighted to kind of go off. It's like lighting the fuse and then standing back. Um, and the you know, little behind the scenes, uh, this is our second recording of this today because we love technology so much, but it did not love us back earlier. And so I already had a trial run, so this will be like the second time I get to talk about something I'm super excited about. But uh, when we talked about the overview, and we just kind of really. Uh, tell this story about how we say like education is different. There's something that's fundamentally changed about the way that education works and the way that knowledge works. And uh, that all has to do with the fact that knowledge is now really easy to gain. And for the rest of human history, it wasn't. So what was in your head was really important because getting it there had higher cost to it. And now the cost to get it in your head is almost zero, meaning that you have instant access to information uh, through the internet, through your phone, stuff like that all the time. And so that fundamentally changes the way education does work and the way we interact with knowledge. And the ask aspect of our program is where we really make that practical. And we say one of the things that we think that this does 
uh, well, excuse me, two of the things we think this does is that it fundamentally changes what's important about education. What was important about education was what you had in your head, how well you could recall it. What is currently important about education is being able to quickly and effectively master complicated information. In other words, it's your ability to use information that is now much, much more important than your ability to learn and have information. It's very easy for you to gain the information. The question is, can you figure out how to use it? Can you do that quickly? Can you do it in a way that actually addresses the problem you're trying to solve? Can you do it if it's complicated information? And can you do it better than anybody else? And so being able to quickly and effectively master complicated information is the real kind of base academic skill that really matters now. And at the heart of being able to quickly and effectively master complicated information is this idea that you need to be able to ask really good questions. And so uh, the way we refer to this all the time is that we used to live in an answers-based paradigm. Knowing the answer was really, really important. Now it's easy to find answers. The important thing now is can you ask the right questions? You can get answers no matter what. I mean, no matter what the situation is, you can get answers. Uh, but do you have the right answers? Do you have the answers that pertain to what you're doing? And that has to do with phrasing and building and asking the right questions. And then I think there's this additional thing here. Um, recently, Elon Musk had this quote that got a lot of coverage, and we sort of paid a lot of attention to it as well. Um, the quote was, one of the biggest traps for smart engineers is optimizing something that shouldn't exist. Uh, we would say that's one of the biggest traps for modern people. Uh, it's now easy to gain information to optimize a lot of things. The question is, are you wise enough to ask the questions to figure out wh you know, whether what you're optimizing should be optimized and whether you're optimizing it in a way that actually makes a difference and matters? And that requires a questions-based paradigm, uh, hence the ask. Teaching people how to ask good questions is ultimately the most important educational process and educational skill and educational uh, training that we can do right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really great summary. Um, one thing that you hit on there that I think is really interesting is that you mentioned that part of it is wisdom. And I think it really hits on uh, just sort of the importance of wisdom versus just raw intelligence. Uh, what comes to mind is the old saying of intelligence is knowing that a tomato is not a fruit or knowing that a tomato is a fruit, excuse me. Uh, whereas wisdom is knowing that despite the fact that a tomato is a fruit, it does not belong in a fruit salad. That's an, I, see, as somebody who really doesn't like tomatoes, that seems to be an extremely important uh, little piece there, David. <laughs> also, uh, you know, for those of you out there who may be like me, and so like high level intelligence was not necessarily how you were going to get ahead in the world, the shot, the fact that we have another shot of wisdom on the academic scale was extremely encouraging. <laughs> like I think, oh, that opens up all kinds of possibilities for my life that's really important. So that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, I would like to hear from, uh, the rest of you guys here. So, uh, Jace, a question for you. Why do you think that a questions based paradigm in our education is so important now? Well, David, let me, um, let me do this. Let me answer that question by asking you a question. Ooh, um, okay. if I were to give you a multiple choice exam with mm -hmm. say four or five multiple choices, uh, answers per question, but I left all the questions blank. What, uh, how much would you bet you'd be able to pass that exam um, with even a passing grade? Even a passing grade, uh, very, very low chance. Uh, there's always the possibility that I could get lucky, but it's it's absolutely impossible uh, to to figure out you know what your chances are because you don't know uh, which answer is correct based on the fact that you don't know the question. 
And so I think that's really that points to the importance of what we're talking about here is that we do live, like Jonathan mentioned, in a um, in a world where answers are abundant. And we have a lot of answers. And sometimes life can feel like a multiple choice exam with no uh, clear question that we have to come up with the question. We have to fill in the question rather than we have to fill in the answer because the answers are already there. But it's the questions that um, really make the answers um, make sense in context. And we're able to use those answers only when we have the correct question. And so I think it's super, super important to live in a questions-based paradigm because otherwise uh, you are not going to be able to move forward and actually do anything with the answers that you have. You will know that um, you know grass is green, the sky is blue, but you aren't going to know, um, you know, based on the questions that you're asking, um, that information will mean nothing to you. Um, however, on the other hand, let's just say, you know, wild example, let's say if you wake up and the sky is blue, then that means that something, you know, there's some implication in your life. You eat oatmeal for breakfast, and if the sky is green, then you eat, um, you know, eggs for breakfast, whatever. Um, if that's the case, and that's just a silly example, then that information, the sky being blue, something that's readily, readily observable, that actually has implications for your life. But it only has implications for your life when it's in the context of the question um, or the, the condition there. It's important to realize that uh, the more we ask questions, the more context we provide for the information that we have or that the information uh, that we have accessible to us. Um, and, and this is something that we talk about too, where we don't want to be, you know, super obnoxious and just talk about asking questions for the sake of asking questions. You know, some previous conversations we've talked about, you know, kind of the three-year-old mindset, you know, where three-year-olds ask a ton of questions, but they are also asking those questions for a good reason. Now, sometimes they're obnoxious because we as adults um, just get wore down by so many questions, but they're really exercising a curiosity that is going to have implications in their life. They're going to do and learn based on those questions. Um, and so when they want to know why they can't run out in the middle of the road, uh, there's an answer to that that has an implication on their life. And as they learn um, and grow, then they realize, okay, the road is you know a dangerous place to be if you're just walking out there and standing there in the middle of traffic. And so if we were to, you know, embrace a questions-based paradigm, I think we need to have a little bit of that three-year-old mindset of curiosity and um, learning and growing and not being afraid to ask questions, but also at the same time uh, realizing that, you know, a 21-year-old who's asking those questions that a three-year-old would ask is being obnoxious just because he's asking those questions um, that he should know the answer to. And so there's a, there's a little bit of, it's an iterative process, right? And, and we talk about this in the Navigate course, Jonathan and Victoria, you know, discuss this in Navigate where you ask a question that gets you to an answer and then that you, you use that answer to then ask a better question. Um, and the cycle kind of repeats itself. And so uh, it's super important to have a, and we've talked about this before, a mindset of learning, a mindset of curiosity, a mindset of always improving, always growing. And part of that is definitely based on the questions-based paradigm. Yeah, you, we could get a pretty cool unofficial unbound motto out of that. Always ask questions, don't be obnoxious. So uh, just, <laughs> just a, a note there for the kind of culture that, that we want in unbound. <laughs> <laughs> right, and if you have the right, I think attitude behind those questions, if they are legitimate questions that are moving you towards growth in some way, then they're not obnoxious. Um, it's when we kind of think, oh, well, we should ask questions just for the sake of asking questions 
that can sometimes be obnoxious and unproductive. But if we always have a reason behind that of saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question because I want to know this because I want to go here and do this or accomplish this. Um, and there's, there's some missing information or missing oftentimes in, in this case that we're talking about missing context where we have the information, but it's the context that's missing. Um, and in order to fill that, that context gap, we need to ask the right question. I think Jay said points out that's a really important point that is, is worth kind of noting, which is asking good questions is a skill, right? And, and, and I think sometimes when people hear this, there's a little bit of a, you know, a, a disconnect where they're like, well, anybody can ask questions. I mean, like, yeah, you know, it's people that have answers that are smart ones. Um, any, any, anybody can say why or what's, and, and you've got that kind of three-year-old mindset, you know, like if I'm a three-year-old, I can ask a question, right? Um, and yet that's not what we're saying here. We're, we're actually saying that asking questions is a, is a, is a skill and that people that do it better uh, make a significant bigger difference in the world. They're able to help people more. They're able to learn more. They're actually able to get to better answers from which they can ask better questions. And they ultimately end up pe being people who are much more educated in all the right ways. Um, and so to understand, first of all, that how to ask a question, what question to ask, how to construct those questions and how to pursue those questions is an absolutely essential piece of education. And one that I think almost nobody talks about. Um, and that's, that's a really big deal. That's a good point, Jonathan. I think if anybody, you know, said to me, "Hey, what's most important?" or it's it's not as important to know what question the you know question to ask, or even just said, "I don't think asking the right question is a skill you have to learn," I would challenge them to try and go and fix a technical problem by googling. Um, that's actually one of the ways that I found um, <laughs> that yes, that actually is a skill to asking questions and and googling something. In, in the correct terms and the correct way to actually find the answer you're looking for is a skill. Um, and I, and I learned that through some, um, you know, a period of, of working where I did a lot of, uh, you know, technical troubleshooting and whatnot for things and tried to learn new skills that I wasn't familiar with yet. And, uh, you know, Google helped me a lot, but it was, it would have been useless if I didn't know how to ask the question to begin with. And so I totally agree, Jonathan. I think asking the question, or in this case, you know, you know, the skill, the art of Googling is, is a, often neglected skill. I think there's another kind of fun example for your three-year-old. Uh, if you ever doubt the importance of questions, your three-year-old example, Jace, uh, if you ever doubt the importance of questions, if, you've, if you, like me, are a parent or if you've got younger siblings or if you ever dealt for any reasons with three-year-olds um, or younger children, uh, how many times you know, have you been asked certain things and then you have, you reply with an answers-based paradigm and you said, why is the grass green? Because the grass is green. Why is, you know, or, or whatever it is, right? Like you just, you just give the answer and it keeps going. But, you know, if you switch that and you, and you ask a question, right, and, and instead you ask a question that allows that young child to then follow their own path to figuring out the answer. Um, I know this happened to me years and years ago with one of my children who was uh, really scared. I thought, well, was irrationally scared about certain things. There was a kind of a worry aspect of it. You know, I went through everything like, don't be worried. Don't be scared. I'm telling you not to be scared. There's no reason to be scared. Look, I looked in, you know, there's no monsters in the closet. Like all that kind of stuff. And just spectacularly unsuccessful, right? Um, and then I was going through coach training. Victoria, you would relate to this. And, um, you know, it was like, I literally had to go put the child to bed or I had to go talk to the child because they woke up after they went to bed because they were scared. And I'm walking away from coach training going, what do I got to lose? You know? And I was like, why are you scared? Well, do, do you think that that makes sense? What would you do to not be scared? Like all that classic tent coaching stuff. And in five minutes, a, a, you know, a problem that had been persisting for months, 
you know, Shao was like, thank you, daddy, and, and falls asleep. And I'm sitting there going, whoa, it just happened. This stuff's really good, right? Uh, but again, that, that has to do with, with knowing how to ask the right questions. And, and I think it's an interesting example of, you know, if, if you can ask the right questions, you can help people get to much better answers, which of course we think then gives you a place to ask a better question. Um, and so, you know, even, even the quality of your answers are determined by the quality of your questions. Uh, this this conversation, something that it has reminded me of is that I've had a couple of teachers in uh, various situations in the past uh, say to the class that there are no stupid questions. And I think the intent behind that statement That's is not to true. encourage. <laughs> <laughs> well, the intent behind that statement is to say that, hey, we are welcoming you to ask questions. Right. Please do feel free to ask questions. However, I think a better way to say that would be that they're – are very much more helpful questions than others. There are some questions that are more helpful and will get you the information and the answers that you need much better than other questions in different contexts. We, we have a mutual friend that was at our, uh, my house recently um, for a, you know, a Thursday evening, and, and uh, she was saying that she was sitting there in class and the person in front of her was all over social media on her laptop and um and was doing all these kinds of things and then when it came to the end the professor are there any questions and the person in front of her proceeded to ask three or four questions that uh our friend was sitting there going those were all answered in the lecture that you weren't paying attention to right you know i mean those are stupid questions because their questions already been uh, answered and so yeah i agree david people say that all the time and the intent is correct but it has the unintended consequence of making people think that you know anybody can just ask a question there are no stupid questions when you know the difference between a well-crafted question is what makes a, a, a big difference. Uh, Victoria and I are teaching a tactical communications class for our students, and uh, we used to book uh, tactics by Victoria. What's uh, uh, what's that guy's name? The author? It's Greg. Greg Kugel. Kugel that's right. Okay. And um, mm -hmm. he has something called the Columbo tactic. Uh, and Greg Kugel's book on tactics is actually about Christian apologetics. Uh, we used it a little bit for that, but it's not an apologetics course, uh, but mostly we used it because he has such a powerful way of teaching people how to ask questions in order to help people understand your viewpoint, which look, you know, in all aspects of life, you're going to be doing that. And especially important as Christians for us to be able to effectively witness our faith and be able to communicate that well to the people. And uh, he calls it the Columbo tactic. So if those of you who aren't aware, you know, Columbo was this police detective on a show that ran uh, 60, 70, something like that. And uh, he always had these, you know, he said, oh, there's one more thing. And he'd turn back and ask a question. And that question would lead to another question, which would lead to another question, which would lead to another question, which ultimately would get to the truth. But there was a, a craftsmanship and, and a um, skill in that quest, this questioning that got him to answers that were not readily apparent. And that's the point that is so important for what we're talking about. You know, you can get an answer really easy today. That's what instant knowledge will do for you, instant information. The problem is if you're not well trained in asking questions, you will be tempted to stop there and you will then not be able to find the full truth or be able to get the full picture or be able to discover the information that would actually help you solve whatever problem you're trying to solve. Um, and that's that's the real critical point here is you know being able to have skill in asking questions allows you to go deeper, go past what's sort of obvious and get to the heart of something where you can actually do something effective. I'll just add to that based off of the, the three-year-old example, which I relate to too strongly. There's something to be said in you know, scripture talks about coming as a child. And when, you know, obviously in that context, talking about faith, but when we are able to humble ourselves and to be willing to ask questions in that same way, um, I think that can be, <laughs> that can help us to move forward in extraordinary ways that we would otherwise close ourselves off to if we weren't willing to take a step back and admit what we don't know and be willing to dig in. 
um, even if it's a little difficult um, just by backing up and choosing to take that, like, you know, a three-year-old asking hopefully slightly better questions. But Absolutely, Victoria. I think you can almost view a questions-based paradigm as, you know, obviously having a lot to do with questions, but also having a lot to do with the way you approach answers. Do you approach answers as the end of a road, as we would maybe describe as an answers-based paradigm where you ask a question, you go through the gate, and there's the answer, and there's the end of the road? Or do you view uh, the answer as a step up to another gate um, and to a, a, a better question? Um, and I think the more and more that you tackle questions and whatnot, but I think the question-based paradigm also has a lot to do with how we approach answers as well. Are they final answers? Are we content with just, okay, this is the answer I found, and I'm going to go ahead and do it, live with it? Or is there more of a... Um, we, do we view those answers as final answers or as steps to yet another question? So this is the part where we uh, take some risks here. So we'll try to <laughs> try to effectively talk about this. But Jace, you're kind of segueing us into a piece that I think is really important, which is here's here's one of the things that we get the most in Navigate when we talk because we teach questions based paradigm and Navigate. We uh, we are a Christian company. We're all believers, uh, and so I feel the need to make sure that you are understanding what we're saying here. None of us on this call are relativists. We believe in ultimate truth. Um, and in fact, it's our belief in ultimate truth that drives our educational thinking, right? So, so, so just for the record, let us stipulate that. But, and things get a little complicated here, not so much complicated, but we want to be really clear in explaining this idea of a questions-based paradigm actually grows out of our faith, uh, and it's not, don't, don't misinterpret us. Don't think that we're saying everything can always be questioned and nothing can ever be known. Uh, that's, that's not what we're saying here. There, there, it is possible to know truth and it's certainly possible to know base truths in a way that direct and drive your life and never, never misunderstand that or think differently about that, right? We want to be really clear about that. Um, but now we'll tread into some sort of more dangerous theological waters. Um, I think that, and I'll speak for myself, so I'm not painting everybody with a broad brush here, and I'll let some of our <laughs> my esteemed colleagues here put me back on correct me if necessary. Out of my faith, I see a, a situation where I see a lot of uh, folks in the church uh, often sort of fail here, which is there are too many times I believe that we're able to say, I've gotten the answer from God, and that's the end, and that's it, and this is what it is, and now my understanding of God is complete, or at least this understanding of this, a few people might say that, but my understanding of this aspect of God is complete. Speaking for myself in my life, every time I've started to think that, I've discovered it's just the tip of the iceberg, and there's something much deeper and richer beyond that. And so this is a really important part of my theological and faith life, which is I believe in an infinite God, and, and myself as a mere mortal, I will never get to the point to fully understand God. In fact, I believe that there's an eternity after this life that's designed for me to fully know God, and even that won't be enough for me to fully know God. And so consequently, if I limit myself and think, well, now I know, now I understand, I think that's a very dangerous place to be in in terms of my faith. Um, I think that it's essential for me to have this questions-based paradigm when it comes to my faith, not questioning God, meaning that I question God's laws or God's commands or sort of things that God's clearly told us to do. That's a different sub subject, right? But that, you know, every time I start to understand God, I should stand in a place to say, oh, now I understand this about you, God. Let me ask a better question so I can become 
know you deeper and more fully and more uh, and and better understand and lean into the mystery and the majesty of the one I serve and the one I follow and the one who died for me. And and if I if I switch to an answers based paradigm, there's a, an extreme temptation to stop and say, oh, I know. And when I and when you think you know, there's an extreme temptation to tell everybody else what you know. And then there's an extreme temptation to hold everybody else to know that exact same thing. When in fact, doing so may cut you off from the richer, fuller, deeper understanding. Any corrective uh, <laughs> statements necessary there, Victoria and Jason, for David, for that matter? No, I don't think, um, I don't know that I would, uh, you know, take issue necessarily with anything you said there. I think one thing that I would maybe add to that or, or adjust that with is that the Bible is authoritative um, in our faith and that we we can find definite answers to life's questions and problems in the Bible, but understanding that while the Bible is authoritative, that our understanding of the Bible is, like you said, Jonathan, um, progressive, right? So that, uh, you know, what, what I knew of the Bible when I was, you know, five and versus when I'm 15 versus when I will be 25, at each stage of that progression, my understanding of the Bible deepens, hopefully. And so realizing that the more and more we learn about God and who he is and what he's done and how that, uh, you know, what implications that has on our lives, that that understanding is going to deepen, that understanding is going to hopefully grow, grow deeper, and it's, it's going to open up new questions. So when we talk about a questions-based paradigm, for example, um, and we talk about kind of this iterative learning process of saying, okay, I learned this, and now I'm going to use this to learn something else beyond that. Um, I think that's super important when studying the Bible or, or studying your faith in saying that, okay, I've learned this about uh, God, and now using the whole counsel of Scripture, I can uh, apply this thing that I've learned to other areas of Scripture to come to a, a deeper, more fuller understanding of those pieces um, of, of the Word, while at the same time realizing that the more and more you learn, the more and more you realize that there is for potential to learn, uh, maybe is the best way to put it. And so as you have that questions-based paradigm, like you said, Jonathan, it's not questioning what you already know, but it's using what you have, what you know and what you are learning to uh, realize that there's a lot more that you don't know and that there's a lot more to learn and that the more and more you grow in that, I think the more and more you grow in the knowledge of God, but also uh, growing that humility that you were talking about, Victoria, of, of saying, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang uh, this over people's heads as, you know, the the final truth and say, okay, if you don't agree with me in this, then, you know, you're a heretic or whatever. Um, but to have uh, an ever-increasing knowledge, um, while also an ever-increasing humility and the ability to say, hey, I don't, I don't know everything. Um, and there's a lot more that I don't know that I can, can learn. This is on a theological discussion, and so, but you know, we can kind of transition this out to the rest of life as well. For example, as Christians uh, in the New Testament, Jesus says, you know, it says, well, what, what does it mean to follow God? And Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay, if the answer is, how do I get into heaven? How do I follow follow Jesus? Um, as as the questions asked in Scripture, that's the answer. And so, say, okay, I love my neighbor, and I love the Lord, my I love God, right? Uh, but then, of course, you know, we would say from a questions-based paradigm, there's a lifetime and perhaps an eternity of saying, what does it mean to love God? Uh, what does it mean to love my neighbor? And in fact, you know, the rich young ruler says, who's my neighbor? And Jesus answers with a story, um, which uh, uh, you know, comes with a bunch of questions, right? And then there's some questions in that. And, and, and in asking those questions, it didn't change 
Uh, God still said to love your neighbor, but it all of a sudden, by asking those questions, it deepened everybody's understanding of what a neighbor was. We have the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and so now think about that in your own life when it comes to a questions-based paradigm, right? It's not that you can't know things, but if you ask the right question, all of a sudden you get to know what's behind what's going on. Uh, we talk about this a lot. We believe deeply that, you know, one of the best things we can do to educate people is teach them, hey, there's a game being played that you don't even know, that most people aren't even aware of being, that's being played. And if you can kind of understand what's going on in that game, then you can be much more effective in your life, which means you can help people a lot more. And so, you know, asking questions allows you to, you know, I'm going to ask this question. Oh, I figured out what I need to know. But if I ask another question, I can get even deeper and go, oh, now I know why this thing works. Oh, wow, there's a whole different another definition that I didn't see underneath that. And now understanding those definitions and those motivations and those things beyond that, um, it didn't change my initial answer, but it deepened that answer and made it richer. And that means I can use it much more effectively. That's what education should be today if you want to have an effective education to kind of bring that full circle back. Hmm. Yeah, that uh, this what you guys have been talking about reminds me of a quote from, uh, I believe, Jason Petty, who said, uh, nuance is sacred work, is that we have an understanding of what truth is from the Bible. And we then learn more and more as we go throughout life and as we gain a fuller and fuller understanding of who God is and our, our understanding of that and how it applies to life it increases, and that's part of our sanctification. That's part of knowing and coming to know more about who God is and worshiping God. I very much believe that coming to know God more and more is an essential part of worship, which is one of our biggest purposes here on this earth, is to worship the Lord. And so finding that is incredibly important. So transitioning uh, a little bit more here, uh, Victoria, I would like to ask you, so we've talked a little bit about what a questions-based paradigm is, why it, uh, why it's important. Uh, what do you think might be some hesitations that we or others might have about a questions-based paradigm? David, I think there's a couple different ways we could look at that. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about a shift Culturally, we've talked about a shift, um, honestly, almost from an economical sense as well, if we talk about shifting to more of a knowledge or information economy. Um, so there's some things there, right? The historicity of that, people don't like change. Um, and if you've ever you know, tried talking with, there's a stereotype right about talking with older generations about that and the, the disconnect where you know, neither, neither side really understands each other. So there's always some difficulty in there when we're talking about trying to change the way that things have been done. So I think that can be a hesitation in here as well. But perhaps when I'd rather focus on more um, is that <laughs> it's difficult to switch to answers-based paradigm because it takes work and it makes us work for it and it makes us take responsibility and makes us take ownership. Um, and that's hard. <laughs> the, the brain doesn't really love that. We as people don't really love that. Um, it requires us to break the status quo. And that's also not comfortable, you know, across the board. Um, most people crave security. And I'm not saying, you know, necessarily in a physical sense, although there is a lot to be said for that. You know, you might be somebody who loves spontaneity and, and bungee jumping off crazy bridges and all sorts of stuff that I would never try. Um, so not arguing that point, but I am saying that, you know, that same person's brain still craves security and craves patterns in certain ways. And when you ask questions, a lot of times it disrupts that. And that can be difficult. It's difficult to wrestle with questions that we don't have answers to. Uh, that takes the humility in of itself. 
Um, and sometimes that feels a little vulnerable, excuse me, to, you know, jump into something and say, hey, I don't have a great answer for this. I'm not sure. Um, but that same process is ultimately what frees us from the status quo as well. And so, so much of the time we trade, you know, tend to kind of fall into some of those patterns and say, okay, well, I just, I'm going to accept that this is how this is. I will always be behind. I will always be stressed out of my mind. I will always, you know, be stuck in this job that isn't satisfying because that is how it is. And it's not until we, you know, begin to ask, hey, well, what if, what if there was more to that story? What if this could be different? What if this could be better? And obviously that's just one example, right, of using that sort of questions-based mindset and that questions-based paradigm. Um, and even though that process, you know, may leave us feeling a little uncertain or maybe a little scary, um, that's ultimately what moves us forward. And, and again, kind of coming back to that process, you know, it's, you've got to learn how to ask good questions. Um, it's not something that necessarily happens naturally. And so there's kind of a learning process there that can be uncomfortable. So all that to say, there's, I get it, there's some difficulties there. Um, but the fruits and the rewards on the other side are tremendously, tremendously worth it. Um, but that's that's a hesitation I've had myself. I share that because it's personal. Um, and that's one of the difficulties I've had in trying to learn to ask better questions about life. But I think also one of the most important hesitations that needs to be overcome as you're starting to look at different ways to look at the world. I agree, Victoria. I think um, in a lot of ways, you know, we, we, there's the word paradigm there. And, um, you know, you talk about paradigm shifts. I think paradigm shifts um, aren't aren't things that you just flip on and off. Um, I think it takes time to, I don't know if this is uh, neurologically accurate, but rewire your brain, right? I don't know if that's you know necessarily exactly what happens in your brain. Um, the brain scientists uh, listening can, can email in and, and correct me there. But there is a sense in which once you have gotten into that pattern, um, and, and let's face it, we all, we all basically grew up in the pattern of answers, answers, answers. You ask questions to get an answer. You go to take a test to provide the right answers and all that kind of thing. Once you've lived in that pattern for so long, it can be just kind of hard to to bust out of that mold and, and say, okay, uh, the answer is maybe not the most important part here. It's it's really the question. And I think that just takes some time and practice to to get used to. That I think can be another quote, <laughs> quote of the day, Jace, you know, paradigm change. It's not a light switch. It's rewiring I think that's a good way of putting it. Oh, your example of the test is really helpful too. I mean, because here a test is sort of the ultimate example of an answers-based paradigm, right? You're, and and so it, somebody might be out there goes, oh, say, I should never take tests again. I, you know, I might have a lot of fun running that argument, <laughs> but but for the sake of this podcast and the fact that we're going to not have enough time to do that, let's say no, no, probably you're going to have to take some more tests and all of us are going to take some, you know, some tests from here and there and, and put the right answers down. But here's where the questions-based paradigm kicks in. Uh, so you took a college course and you took a test and you answered the test and you passed or you got an A or whatever. Uh, that's fine. If, if, if you're going to be in an answers-based paradigm, you're done. The, the test is over. You know, the class is over. That you know, The credits are banked. Uh, but a questions-based paradigm would say, why? What was it good for? What, what did I actually learn during that? What was the important thing? And then if you keep leaning into this, a questions-based paradigm might show these things like, well, actually, the what I had to learn for that test wasn't that important. I can probably find that any place with just my phone and, and getting on the internet, right? But what was then important about that test? Well, the fact that I had to find that information and apply it to the test. That was actually a, a, a quickly and effectively mastering complicated information type of thing, right? I had to pass the test in order to pass the class. I need to pass the class in order to get the credits. I need the credits to get the degree. And so, you know, therefore, 
what I've really learned is how to figure out what information I needed and to apply it correctly on that test to achieve the bigger thing. Now, we could have a lot of fun with going a little farther with that and saying, why exactly do you need the degree? And <laughs> that might lead us to some interesting spots as well. But that's the heart of a questions-based paradigm, right? That, that's, you know, it's, it's not that you never have to know answers. It's not that you don't have to provide answers at a certain time. It's that when you do, that you're wise enough to ask an additional question, which is why? Why did I have to do this and what? What did I achieve by doing this? And, and what is it good for? And what is it used for? And what can I take from this to my next stage of life? Uh, you get to do that regularly, get to doing that regularly, and uh, you make that a habit, and all of a sudden you're playing at a game that nobody else knows exists, and you're making a much bigger impact in the world. So I think that actually transitions us uh, very well into sort of the final question that I have for you guys on this topic, which is, what would it look like, what does it look like to embrace a questions-based paradigm today? What does that look like practically? Uh, I would love to hear from each of you on this. I highly recommend that you start teaching preschool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is an, an excellent place to start building um, at least a repertoire of questions, if not the ability to handle them. But in all seriousness, David, start asking questions. Um, that that doesn't happen overnight. Um, and it doesn't have to be a complete 180 switch either. Jace was just talking about that. You know, we, we can't suddenly switch and, and shouldn't try and suddenly be asking only questions or, or change that around, but start asking more questions in life instead of, you know, I used the example of being stressed out of your mind earlier. If that's you, you know, take a step back and say, why am I stressed? What's one thing I could do to, to remove that? Why, you know, asking why, um, and then also digging into motivation that can also help in a lot of different ways too. And so there's, you know, you can look up, there's a ton of models on that, but the five whys, you know, asking yourself why you do something, if you're not sure why, Ask yourself, hey, okay, so why am I taking this course? Well, because I need, you know, I need this degree. Why do I need that degree? Well, because I want to do this kind of job. Why do I need that job? Because I want to do this kind of impact. Um, and so that can be an interesting thought exercise just to kind of get your brain working in a couple different directions that it's not necessarily used to working in and just to expand out the way you're thinking about it. Absolutely. One thing I'd add to that, Victoria, is don't be afraid to write those questions down and do some of that on paper. Um, and it's not necessarily like a hard and fast rule. Um, I know some people, their personality just doesn't work that way. They they don't work well with, uh, I guess you could call it like a journaling exercise or whatever. But I think when you take the time to actually write the question down and then reflect on it and write that answer out and then kind of maybe draw some lines and all right, here's the next question, actually do that on paper. Um, it can be very helpful rather than just, you know, thinking um, as you go about your day. It, it helps give you a little bit more um, focus on that and um, helps apply some of those things. And I think being able to, to put it on paper or, you know, on, on the computer or whatever like that helps you to um, organize it also in such a way where you are able to take some practical implications away and say, okay, over here I have these questions about what does this mean for me? I also have these questions over here about uh, what does this mean if I do this and how is this going to impact other people and then how is it and you can kind of map it out all uh, in a way and like I said take that or leave it might not necessarily be a good uh, good tool or practice for uh, you personally uh, as a listener but um, try it out see if it works and uh, it might just be something that, that you find super helpful. I think for me it would just be you know yeah asking questions just starts with. First, it's just the understanding, right? Uh, just, just say to yourself, I don't live in an answers-based world anymore. I'm a questions-based world. Uh, and just sort of 
play with that for a while. Just let that sit. Let's just let that sink in. Uh, try living in that truth for a week or two. And I think from there, it'll just kind of become apparent. But if you need something a little more specific to dig into it, I think the easiest place to start with, with is with reflection. Uh, things have already happened. And so ask yourself two questions. What just happened? Why did that happen? Right? And so those are two really powerful questions. If you, It doesn't matter. Something went wrong at work. Something went right at work. Something went wrong in a relationship. Something went right in a relationship. You know, whatever. If you just say, what just happened? And then you kind of answer that, like, why did that just happen? And then you can keep pushing using Victoria's five whys. You know, like, why did that happen? Why did that happen? I keep it. That can be a really powerful thing. And then if you want to get on the front end of it, so you're using question-based paradigm proactively, uh, add, uh, you know, what do I want? Okay, what is the purpose here? How will I achieve it? And who can help me achieve it? Um, and so if you take a, a what, how, who approach uh, to whatever comes up next, you know, uh, you know it, it, what, what needs to happen here? I need to pass my test. How am I going to learn this information to pass my test? Who can help me learn this information the best? Um, those things right there. And, and then you can kind of keep leaning into each time you break that down to a smaller piece. You can just run those questions through again. Ultimately, ultimately, just to try to make this as simple as possible, if you don't catch any of this stuff, if none of that stuff makes sense, if paradigm's too big of a word for you, he, here, here would be my final word, and that is curious people rule, <laughs> right? I mean, in the world that we live in, the most curious are going to win. And so whatever that looks like in your life, if you can feed your curiosity, if you can inspire your curiosity, if you can um, strengthen your curiosity, you're going to do better than people who don't. End of story. Uh, to wrap things up here, uh, I think that I will go ahead and take a crack at trying to summarize our 40 minutes of conversation here and see uh, you guys can let me know how well I did or if I missed anything important. We, we appreciate that, David, since I don't think we came anywhere close to following any semblance of the outline that you'd originally discussed with us. So, so we, we appreciate the fact that you're going to try to summarize what we've now turned into, uh, we've shredded for you. So go ahead. Go, go for it, man. Okay, I will give it a shot. So at least what I am taking away from this conversation is that uh, previously, up until this point, to have an advantage education-wise was to know lots of things and to have lots of answers. But now it has shifted to where answers can be gotten from pretty much any time, anywhere. And so now what's one of the most important skills to have as you're progressing in education and in life is to be able to ask good questions because ultimately when you are able to ask good questions, that allows you to find the most relevant answers to whatever problems that you might be facing, which can then inform your next questions. So a questions-based paradigm to an extent is sort of a, a loop where you're consistently going back and asking more questions to find more information and to consistently learn and grow more. And ultimately the purpose of that is to be able to then not only just learn more, but then to be able to do more based off of that. So you think that's a fair summary of it? I'd say if the people listening to this podcast pay attention nearly as well as you do, David, we're in pretty good shape. So good job, man. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Much respect. <laughs> well, for those of you who have made it this far, thank you so much for listening through. And uh, to the three of you, thank you so much for your contributions. I know that I have learned a lot in this conversation and hopefully our listeners have too. 
So, yeah, that was a really great conversation. It's been something, Abe, that we have talked about here at Unbound uh, a lot, Mm -hmm. but I think that pretty much for anybody, even those of us here who have had a lot of conversations about uh, a questions-based paradigm and the importance of asking good questions, uh, but even for those of you who may be just hearing about the concept for the first time, I think that it's such a fundamental but really important change in just how we view going through life that uh, it's very much worth considering in a lot of areas of life. A hundred percent. And it's such a simple concept sometimes. Like asking is, yeah, duh. Like we we said, three-year-olds do it all the time, but it really takes wisdom to see how we can apply that to real life. So speaking of real life, I want to again mention the Navigate class. If you're a regular listener, you know what's up, but I want to remind all of us listening that the Navigate class is now open for the first time this summer. This is a specially designed class for high school seniors, people in their last few years of high school, in their early years of college, to prepare them to ask these important questions, to say, what are the skills or the talents that God has given me? How can I use these gifts to serve well? And to do what I'm called to do instead of just getting a job, making money, going to college. So if you are interested, again, registration is open now for the Navigate Summer class. Please check the details down below in the show notes or go to beunbound.us slash navigate. And if you want to learn more about our full year-long programs, especially our higher education program called Ascend, where we specialize in project-based education, where students aren't just learning concepts just to try to get intelligence, to get more information. Ascend is all about preparing students for the real world by teaching them real life skills and preparing them with real-world experience that will translate into skills that they will use for the rest of their lives, not just information that they'll keep in their heads for a short period of time. So if you want to learn more about Ascend, you can visit beunbound.us slash Ascend. You can find that link in the show notes below. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Up next on episode 70 is going to be an episode of Unbound Pursuits, where we are going to be talking to some Unbound alumni who have gotten into careers in music. That's going to be a really fun conversation. We hope that you all join us then. But until next time, be Unbound. Unbound.